0: you are locked on balls your daily tennessee volunteers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day welcome into locked on balls your team every day my name is josh ward thank you for being here today There's a lot to cover. A uh, very serious story with linebacker Jeremy Banks. I'm going to get to that in segment number one. I'll get to that coming up in just a moment. In segment number two, I'll get to football between Tennessee and Georgia, something I alluded to on Tuesday's show, the conversation about coaching staffs between Tennessee and Georgia, a lot of familiarity. Is there anything to make of that as they get ready for the game on Saturday? You'll hear from Jeremy Pruitt and Kirby Smart talking about that in the second segment, and then in segment number three, a mix of Tennessee football and basketball. That's all right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find it anywhere. You listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, the third-party apps, and you can tell your smart speaker at home to play podcasts. Locked On, V-O-L-S. So you may know that Jeremy Banks was arrested back in September Uh, there was an arrest warrant because he failed to appear in Knox County Court. Uh, There was an outstanding warrant, and when he was pulled over for making an illegal U-turn, it was uh, Sunday, September 15th. So after the Chattanooga game, it was uh, just before 4 a.m., he was pulled over, and uh, that story was known after the fact, and not much was made of it. I honestly didn't make much of the situation because at the time it appeared to be him not paying uh, or taking care of a situation, going to court, paying for a ticket and having his license suspended. But there is much more to it. After a video surfaced Tuesday night, uh, there's a statement from Jeremy Pruitt on the situation that I'll get to. But uh, in the video, uh, the UT police officer is talking to Jeremy Pruitt. And Jeremy Pruitt asks, why do you have to arrest him just because he's got a warrant? The officer responds, the state of Tennessee is the one who issued the warrant, so I have to take him in for that warrant. Like I say, I have no choice about that. If it was just a suspended license, I can have discretion on that. But since there is a warrant out for his arrest, I have no discretion on that. Jeremy Pruitt asks, does it say when the warrant was issued? The police officer responds that it does not. Jeremy Pruitt then says, this is the silliest bleep I've ever seen in my life. I, got, I understand. I've worked at four places. They never had no crap like this except for here because the people usually say, hey, something is not right here. Uh, They go back and forth. Jeremy Pruitt finishes saying, I understand that, all right, but some of these kids, they don't have nobody at home to teach them how to do stuff. So if something happens, people notify so you can teach them how to do it. So I get it. Kid's got to lead his whole life. Go ahead, do your civic duty, man. That is Jeremy Pruitt talking to the police officer. The really serious situation is what Jeremy Banks said while he was sitting in the back of the police officer. The video is available online. You can watch it yourself. And in the video, Jeremy Banks is uh, very profane in his language talking to the police. But more seriously than that, he appears to almost make threats. Uh, He identifies a woman who's in the car who he identifies as an intern. Jeremy Banks says, "'Ma'am, I don't think you want to be an intern because where I'm from, we shoot at cops. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee.'" He says, "'Where I'm from, we shoot at cops.'" Here's an obvious statement. That's beyond unacceptable to make that kind of claim, to make that kind of statement to a police officer. He also said things like, how are y'all UTPD and lock up y'all football players that bleep lame as bleep and says that they're not going to be allowed in the Tennessee football facilities that Jeremy Pruitt is going to make sure of that. Now, Jeremy Pruitt put out a statement saying, quote, Jeremy's behavior and comments are unacceptable and portrayed himself and our football program very poorly, and he understands that. We will address the matter internally. I'm determined to do what I can to help Jeremy grow up and become a better man. Our team and staff respect our law enforcement, and we will continue to educate our players on how to carry themselves at all times. Jeremy Banks said this in a statement, Quote, I want to sincerely apologize to my family, the University of Tennessee, and the law enforcement community. I deeply regret my language and attitude in the video. I have great respect for our policemen and women, and I am embarrassed by my actions that night. That's not who I am. I promise to be a better representative for the University of Tennessee moving forward. This is not something Tennessee can just move forward from. This is actually the second—this one's not an allegation, but it's the second story that involves— quotes of a football player at least being alleged in both cases talking about shootings Uh, you have the bryce thompson situation that one is an allegation that was made in this one we can watch jeremy banks make the statement where i'm from we shoot at cops and he is saying that to the woman to tell her you don't want to be a cop because where i'm from we shoot at cops this is not something that can just be handled internally i can't imagine jeremy banks suiting up for Tennessee this week he, he actually is dealing with an ankle injury so we don't know 100% that he would play this weekend but this one's a serious one this is not the first time Jeremy Banks has had an issue uh, he had a, a situation where he was arrested on a vandalism charge before he arrived at Tennessee and that was before he arrived at Tennessee he had already signed with the Vols uh, but was not on campus yet I don't believe uh, but that happened back at home this one takes it up another level and he can put out the statement saying that he's sorry You can't have that. You just can't. You can't be talking to police officers saying, where I'm from, we shoot at cops. I'm repeating it because it needs to be emphasized. And Jeremy Pruitt, he has to have a better understanding than what's implied in the statement that he's putting out saying this will be handled internally. And this is his player. This is Jeremy Banks signed by Jeremy Pruitt in the 2018 class. If you watch the video I don't know how you can possibly come out of it saying, uh, eh, just move on from this one. This is something that should absolutely be taken very seriously. And if you're a Tennessee fan, if you're somebody associated with the University of Tennessee, that has to be extremely embarrassing. I don't know about the ticket situation. I don't know what happened with uh, the arrest warrant ended up coming about from that situation. But surely we can all agree that that is way over the line. To say to a police officer, where I come from, we shoot at cops. It's just unacceptable. And Jeremy Pruitt's going to meet with the media on Wednesday. We'll see what he has to say about this. He's obviously going to be asked about it. But Tennessee cannot just act like this is nothing and move along. Surely, Tennessee will not treat it that way. This is not a public intox charge. This is not just an arrest warrant over an unpaid traffic ticket. This is telling a police officer, where I'm from, we shoot at cops. And he also says to the police officer, he asks, what would you do without that badge? The police officer responds essentially saying, well, I guess I wouldn't be here with you. And Jeremy Banks tells him, you don't want to see me without that badge. That's unacceptable as well. Talking about shooting at cops and talking about you don't want to see me without your badge can't happen. This just came out Tuesday night, the video, the transcript of what was said with Jeremy Pruitt and the police officer as well. Tell me what you think. Tell me if you see it differently but this is not just college kid stuff. This is next level with that, and it needs to be taken very seriously by both Jeremy Pruitt and Philip Fulmer and other people at the University of Tennessee, especially if it appears that Jeremy Pruitt is not taking it seriously. So we'll have more on this probably on tomorrow's show. On today's show, I'm going to move along. We'll get to football, Tennessee, and Georgia, but I don't think this is the end of the story with Jeremy Banks. It shouldn't be at least. Coming up next, uh, Tennessee and Georgia, coaching staffs that have a lot of crossover over the years. Jeremy Pruitt and Kirby Smart talk about that next right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This was a topic a year ago, and it's probably an even bigger one now, and that is the familiarity that exists between Tennessee's coaching staff and Georgia's coaching staff. And there's a bigger emphasis on it this year, I'd say, because Jim Cheney is now at Tennessee. He coached at Georgia the last three years. But Jeremy Pruitt and Kirby Smart have worked together. Kevin Scherer is Tennessee's inside linebackers coach, coaches special teams. He coached at Georgia before coming to Knoxville with Jeremy Pruitt before last season. There's just there's a close connection between these coaching staffs, and they know about each other very well. Now, does it make a difference one way or the other in the game planning? Probably not. I do think there is something that can help Tennessee with Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney both being on Tennessee staff. I'll get to that coming up in just a moment. But Jeremy Pruitt was asked about it. What do we make of the connections there with the two coaching staffs, Jim Chaney now being at Tennessee after being at Georgia the last three years? Listen to what Tennessee's head coach had to say.
1: You know, it probably works both ways. You're right. Uh, you know, with our staffs, uh, we've all coached together over the years. So, whether it's offensively or defensively, we probably know uh, some of the checks that uh, each team's accustomed to. Uh, but at the end of the day, it comes down to blocking, tackling, executing, uh, taking care of the football. Uh, so, you know, we're, from, we're familiar with them. They're familiar with us. So it'll, it'll be about the, the details and intangibles of the plays.
0: I would say that's probably right. Jeremy Pruitt talking about the connection between the two coaching staffs. Kind of like political season, we'll hear from both sides. Listen to what Kirby Smart said when he was asked at his press conference on Monday about the connection between the two. He doesn't make much of it, but this is what Georgia head coach Kirby Smart had to say. I think there's
1: a lot more to it in you guys' stories than there is in real life. It's going to boil down to which guy blocks properly, which guy covers properly. There's no, like, secrets, I mean, we know what they do they know what we do but that's the case every week that's what the tape's for so there's a lot of familiarity there and um at the end of the day the players got to go out and execute they gotta they've got to play with a passion and energy enthusiasm to beat the guy across from them and not make it about what our defensive coordinator calls or what their offensive coordinator calls I just don't think that matters a whole lot. I think at the end of the day, it's blocking, tackling, turnovers,
0: explosive plays, executing, and doing it with with a lot of passion. I think Kirby Smart's right there. Now, what's funny to me is he makes those comments. I agree with him. It does come down to the little things, the very obvious things, blocking, tackling, making plays, which team has better players, which team gives better effort, a lot of the kind of big-picture stuff. But if that's the case, why are coaches so paranoid about Closing off practices and keeping game plans so secretive and Tennessee not wanting to name a starting quarterback. Most coaches are like that. A lot of coaches are like that, at least. And uh, I, I just I don't think a lot of that stuff makes that big of a difference, and Kirby Smart's comments there would back it up. Also, at press conferences, coaches are probably going to try to play one angle or the other whichever way they want. That's why Kirby Smart was saying on Monday that Tennessee's on the brink of doing something special. Even though the Vols are 1-3, and three, with losses in the first month of the season to Georgia State and BYU at home and losing to Florida by 31 points because he wants to talk up his opponent. Nothing wrong with that. Tennessee's coach is going to do that. All coaches are going to do that. 99% of them at least are going to. I think one thing that can help Tennessee, I'm not saying it gives Tennessee an advantage by any means. I'm not saying that it means Tennessee is going to go out there and win the game against Georgia on Saturday. One thing that helps, it's not just that Jim Chaney coached at Georgia, it's that Jim Cheney's a really good coach. And I think if you looked at coaches around the SEC who have the ability to scout and understand what an opponent is doing, Jeremy Pruitt from a defensive standpoint and Jim Chaney on the offensive side both have a pretty good idea. They've scouted against one another, and I think that helps in that they can self-scout. Jeremy Pruitt can look at what Jim Chaney and the offense are doing and say – hey, here's what I'm seeing, and vice versa. Jim Cheney can look at Tennessee on the defensive side. This is working. This isn't. The communication needs to be right, and they need to be working together, but that's something that can help. And I would say the same thing about getting ready for opponents, especially somebody like Georgia. It should be very easy for Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Cheney to figure out what Georgia's doing. Now, if Georgia just lines up and it dominates up front, there's not much you can do about it. Uh, it's easy, maybe, to figure out what George is going to do, but if they're so good at it, well, good luck to you. And that's probably part of the case here. Something else that maybe at least factors in, in in terms of preparation, and this is one that would go both ways what Jeremy Pruitt does defensively and what Kirby Smart does defensively has to have some similarities. They both were defensive coordinators for Nick Saban, Kirby Smart for a good amount of time at Alabama. Jeremy Pruitt was a defensive backs coach at Alabama. While Kirby was running the defense, and then of course a few years later, Jeremy Pruitt went to Alabama to be the defensive coordinator when Kirby Smart took the head coaching job at Georgia. And Jeremy Pruitt actually left Georgia to go back to Georgia after Mark Rick's staff was let go. Jeremy Pruitt was on it. But Jeremy Pruitt was asked about the similarities, the differences, how different are the defenses? Not very much. Jeremy Pruitt talking about what Georgia runs and what Tennessee runs on defense.
1: You know, I don't think there's a whole lot uh, difference in, in what either one of us do. Uh, <clears throat> if you looked how we play uh, the last couple of years, um, it's probably changed a little bit. Kirby's probably been more of a 3-4 guy, and we've probably been more of a, a 4-2-5. I think a lot of that has to do with personnel. Uh, you know, um, you as a... As a football coach, and both of us, we have lots of things that we can do in our systems. Uh, so you, you figure out what's best for your personnel. And, and um, you know, they just you look at them this year, they've added a lot of different wrinkles uh, that I've not seen them do in the past. So, um, which makes sense. He's in his fourth year in this program. He's got guys that uh, have a lot of experience. They're playing a lot of guys on defense and trying to create roles for the guys. Uh, so, uh, you see that with the different packages of people that come in there,
0: Tennessee head coach, Jeremy Pruitt. I remember being asked during the summer sometime earlier in the off season, would Jim Chaney being at Tennessee give the Vols an advantage or at least a better chance against Georgia? My thought at the time was maybe it doesn't hurt. And I guess my answer is the same. The problem is the gap just seems to be so great right now, doesn't it? I looked at uh, my bookie on Tuesday, mybookie.ag, and the line had moved a little bit more in Georgia's favor. After opening up at 22 this past weekend, Georgia is a 25.5-point favorite over Tennessee. The clear advantage is there for the Bulldogs, so you could maybe even roll your eyes at me this segment when I bring this subject up, the coaching staff connections and can it help Tennessee because – I know for Tennessee fans right now, it's difficult to really find much optimism in Tennessee's chances against Georgia this Saturday. But I I still think it's an interesting conversation. It's something to pay attention to coming up on Saturday. Over the next couple of days, I will continue to look at some things that Tennessee needs to try to do to pull off the upset. It would be a massive upset. Tennessee is more than a a plus-1200 underdog in this game on the money line in terms of trying to win straight up. Georgia is just a massive favorite. 25-and-a-half in Neyland Stadium against Tennessee. Can the Vols keep it close? I think that's one of the main questions going into the weekend. And uh, if so, if Tennessee keeps it close in the second half, maybe the Vols could be in a position to try to pull off an upset. I think another side of the fear is that what if it doesn't even go that way and Tennessee loses by 30-plus like it did against Florida? And if that happens, well... Not a good day for Tennessee, not a good night for Tennessee, and that can make things even uglier in Knoxville and put an even greater emphasis on the importance of getting a win against Mississippi State next week. But Georgia, 25.5-point favorite against Tennessee. We might have to reach to try to find some advantages for Tennessee against Georgia. Coming up next on Locked On Vols, the final segment, a note on freshmen meeting with the media, some Tennessee basketball updates for you, and an important note connected with Tennessee's football program. That's coming up in the final segment of Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. There's a lot going on with the network, by the way, as you've heard the announcements with Locked On NHL and uh, the NBA season coming up, baseball playoffs here, the Titans with a big win this past weekend. So uh, keep up around the network with what's going on, as well as right here on Locked On Vols. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify. If you have time to rate and review the show, it's a big help to Locked On Vols. So on uh, Tuesday, you heard from Daryl Taylor. He met with the media. Linebacker Henry To'o talked to the media again. So did cornerback Warren Burrell. That's a good thing for those guys. Burrell and To'o have both been starting. they both played a lot for Tennessee. Why not have them meet with the media? That is a change that we've seen from Tennessee. Last year, freshmen were not talking to the media. So Tennessee has loosened up there. And I don't mean that just so that We can go talk to them and and get interviews. Actually, the media availability is always during my radio show, so I never get a chance to be over there doing it. I think it's good for them. I think it's good for the players to be in front of the media. It's part of the growing process, and I think they're probably more comfortable than ever. Some are more comfortable than others, of course, but they talk to the media during the recruiting process. They do interviews then, and at some point they're going to have to do it. So having players who are contributing, playing a big role, talk as freshmen, I think is a good thing. It also gives fans a chance to connect with the players a little bit as well. So you have a veteran like Daryl Taylor who met with the media, and then you have a freshman and Henry Toto playing a big role. Same with Warren Burrell. I think that's a positive for Tennessee, for the players, and also for Tennessee fans to get to learn a little bit more about the players they're watching on Saturdays. Speaking of learning about the players you're watching and the team that you're a fan of, Tennessee basketball will have the Rocky Top tip-off coming up at 6 o'clock on Friday evening at Thompson Bowling Arena. It's going to be free admission. You'll get to see the Tennessee basketball players. They're going to do autographs on Friday evening as well. I saw that Rick Pitino was in town visiting with the Vols on Tuesday. He tweeted out a photo with the Tennessee basketball team, and in the tweet, Rick Patino noted this, quote, Really enjoyed spending time with Rick Barnes and his staff. Team is young, the backcourt is great, and practice was outstanding. Hardworking players expect another exciting season for Vol hoops. That's what Rick Patino tweeted out on Tuesday. And I don't know what Tennessee's basketball team is going to do. We'll talk more about that this week and next, because uh, next week will be Tennessee's basketball media day. Football's the focus, but I'll start working in more basketball conversation as the season gets closer. But I, I think going in, Tennessee is at least a fringe top 25 team. Tennessee is going to have some good senior leadership with guys like Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowden. John Fulkerson's a redshirt junior, but he's a fourth-year guy. Those guys help lead the way with a bunch of newcomers that are going to play big roles, like Josiah Jordan-James. Of course, Tennessee hopes Uros Plavsic will be eligible. He's still waiting on word from the NCAA as the transfer from Arizona State. He's their biggest big guy, I'd say, uh, in the post. And then Olivia Kumwa, I think, is a player to pay attention to as well, a true freshman, and I don't have to tell you about – The character of the program and the way that Tennessee basketball operates, it is impressive. I think as Tennessee fans, you've figured that out over the last few years. Before Rick Barnes arrived, and I would say it's been taken up a notch in that regard since Rick Barnes became Tennessee's basketball coach. So Friday night, uh, 6 o'clock at Thompson Bowling Arena will be Tennessee's Rocky Top tip-off. And if you check out the show notes, I'll provide a link so you can get more information on that. Check out today's show notes page, and you can find a link if you want more information on what's going on Friday evening. And to close out the show, I wanted to mention a note on Miss Judy Jackson, who unfortunately passed away this week. Judy Jackson made an incredible impact on Tennessee's football program. If you go on social media and And check out the Twitter accounts of a bunch of former Tennessee football players. Philip Fulmer, Chris Lowe, who wrote a story, I believe for the Tennessean, years ago on Judy Jackson's impact on Tennessee. She was the Associate Director of Student Life for UT. But even more than that, she just made a great impact on so many players' lives. I think was seen as a mother to a lot of the players who were still coming from all over the country to live in Knoxville and still growing up in the process, 18, 19 years old, and she was somebody that they were able to rely on. She was the first woman to go out on the recruiting trail for a football program in the SEC. So if you go online, you can find a bunch of tributes to Judy Jackson. I think that's worth your time. Philip Former tweeted this, quote, I'm deeply saddened by the passing of Mrs. Judy Jackson, an amazing woman, a dear friend, and a very important part of our Tennessee football family. She will be sorely missed, and I am grateful for the mark she left on us all. Fred White tweeted this, Miss J, you were an integral influence in our lives. Thank you for all you did for me and my fellow volunteers. We were all blessed to have you as our Tennessee mom. So all the best to our family, to everybody in the Tennessee family who is mourning the loss this week of Miss Judy Jackson. And I will close the show out with that note. We'll go without Rocky Top today. In honor of Miss Judy Jackson, I do appreciate you being here on the show. I'll be back tomorrow with more on Tennessee and Georgia. You will hear from Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt on the show tomorrow as well. Locked on Vols here five days a week, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for being here today. I'll see you tomorrow.